last Thursday was also the day 20 years ago when I first laid eyes on Elizabeth. 20 years ago. That's right. <laughs> That's right. 20 years ago, and I still feel the same. I'm going to end it right there. <laughs> and she's preaching for me today. She got more Facebook likes than any sermon ever in the history of return. So she's got a following there. And the uh, last time she preached, it was just amazing. And everybody loved us. We're going to do this again. And let me just say one thing about her. She's, you know who's the real deal and who's a fake if you live with them. And uh, Liz is the real deal. Every morning for about the first two hours of her day, she devotes that time for a devotion with the Lord. She studies her Bible. She's always working on material. She's always reading devotions. And she, this is how she starts every day. And I, to tell you the truth, I don't really know where I would be spiritually or as a man if it weren't for Elizabeth. She's truly a helpmeet to me. She, she keeps, when I get discouraged, she just picks me right back up. If I start saying something like, you know, full of comments of doubt, you know, she erases that immediately and replaces that with faith. She's always encouraging me by sharing the Word of God with me. She's always encouraged. If I get discouraged at return, she won't let me talk like that for 10 seconds, and she was going to turn that around, and we're going we're gonna to be positive. So, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap for that. Amen. So, uh, she's truly a helpmeet. I've got a real, the real deal. I'm married to the real deal. So, uh, be blessed by this lesson. Open up your minds and your heart, because God's got something to share with you today. He gave me so much honor, I'm just thinking, oh man. I was going to say something, but he said it for me. We met um, on Halloween, and um, this Thursday, I was so caught up in the dedication service, I forgot. So I'm doing this, I come home, and there's flowers in my house. I'm like, I th I th I'm, my, I'm going down the dates. March is my anniversary. This, and I yell at someone in my house, why don't we have flowers? And they said, it's, <laughs> it's your first day anniversary. And I was like, <gasps> I felt so bad, I totally forgot. So he surprised me, and I'm not easily surprised. So for me, that was pretty fun. So thank you, thank you. And thank you for all the words, these beautiful accolades. I'm just, he's being sweet, but thank you. I've been doing a study, you know, in James for a long time with Beth Moore, and I don't want this erased, because last time it was erased, and I don't want to be all over the web preaching a sermon, and someone said, well, I just heard that through Beth Moore. I want that out there, okay? Beth Moore, this is the, what I've been studying, and this is where I got my information. But you know what? I study it, then I let the Lord talk to me, then I study it some more, then I let the Lord talk to me. So I'm hoping... Not I'm hoping, I know I'm going to speak words that he wants me to speak because someone prayed over me today and they said exactly what I needed to hear. They didn't know what they were saying, but they said one word that I needed to hear, and that was my confirmation. So, anyway, let's get started. We're still in James. Do I need to do something? Okay, I do need to do something. We're going to talk about something really exciting, the abundant or the good life. 
in the book of James. Now remember, James, we talked about last time, is all about living it. He's hardcore. James, I believe, is the brother. I believe the author of James is the brother of Jesus, the half-brother. That's my opinion. doesn't mean it's true. But after researching and after studying, I really believe it's the brother of Jesus. And he's all about living it. You remember he started off in the book of James? I'm a servant. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. I mean, he just plunges right into it. Hardcore. He's all about living it. Live it. Okay? So let's talk about this. Let's go back over faith a little bit. What good is it? We're in James 2, 14 through 17, the New Living Translation. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say, Goodbye, have a good day, stay warm, eat well. But you don't give that person any food or any clothing. What good does it do? Does that do? So you see, faith by itself, it isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead unless and useless. So that's where I'm going. You can have faith, but if you don't have the good deeds, it's dead. On the flip side, you can have good deeds and not have any faith, and that's dead. So the point is, we want to have the faith of Jesus rolling through us. Rolling. And those good deeds are coming out, not because of me, because my faith in Jesus, these good deeds are coming out. James 2.26 says, Just as the body is dead without breath, also, also, faith is dead without good works. It didn't say kind of good. It didn't say it's okay. It said dead. Okay, you going with me? Okay. Now, faith, when it comes to faith, what good is it? I'm asking you this. This is my question. How is my world better off with faith? Don't you want to leave here? That's what I like about my husband's teaching. I leave here knowing what, how to do this or with a little bit of a roadmap or I got something that I can actually do instead of a lot of knowledge and now I don't know how to apply it. I want to be able to apply this. It should produce the good, abundant life. That's what your faith should produce. Faith, if you don't live it, you don't really believe it. We're talking about faith in Jesus. We're talking about faith that he can do everything I need to be done in, through me, right? We're talking about all I need is in Jesus. That's what your faith is. He died on the cross for me. He paid for my sins. I don't have to beat myself anymore. He did it at the cross. That is faith. If you're still worried about your sins, you're not living by faith. If you're still trying to beat yourself because you did something wrong, you're not living by faith. If you're guilty and you're a Christian, that's of the devil. He is about conviction. Now, if you don't know the Lord today, you are under guilt and condemnation. If you don't know him, I pray today that you will decide to get to know him today. And it's real easy. You just ask him into your heart. And you ask him to forgive you of your sins and he will forgive you. We can talk about faith, but don't believe it. Oh, Jesus is going to heal, but do you believe it? The abundant and good life. The good life people selected. I, I 
Googled this. What is the good life? I decided, what is the good life? Some people said it's experiencing pleasure. Some people said it was avoiding negative experiences. The good life might be seeking self-development, and that's not, it's not bad either, is it? Or making contributions to others. Some of you do two or three. Maybe you do all four. But when I started researching this, the one thing that stuck... I want to step down those stairs, but I'm afraid to, so I'm not going to. I'm getting my foot worked on this week, and I'm just going to take it. I just want to walk, but I'm not going to. But what I love is the fulfilled life. That's what it's really about. I come, John 10, 10 says, I come that they may have life. Do you have life? Okay. That's still, he didn't stop there, did he? He said, I come that they might have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Sometimes we get okay with, yeah, everything's good. I've got life. You shoot, hallelujah. Yeah. That's just not good enough. Before that, in that scripture, it said, the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He said, but I come to give life. And I feel like sometimes we, I can't do it, I have to. Sometimes we get complacent and we say, I'm okay with this. You know, it's, it's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm praising the Lord. It's okay. I got a few things nagging me, but that's okay. That's not the abundant life. That's just life. Some of you are living, but you aren't thriving. Did you hear what I said? Some of you aren't living at all. Or some people. Some of you are living, you're getting through, but you're not thriving. And that's what the abundant life is all about. So let's talk about this a little bit more. What does the good, abundant, or fulfilled life look like? I want you to go home with a visual in your head. Someone said the other day, if you want to do something, put the vision in your head. And I don't mean new age-wise, okay? Okay, that's what new age. You don't get in front of the mirror and say, I am beautiful. But through Jesus, you say, Lord, I, this is how I want to look like with you. I want to look humble. I want to look caring today. I want my life to look this way. I believe that. It says in James 3.13, I'm still in James, okay? And he's tough. It's going to get a little tough. It, it really cramped me this last two or three weeks. If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life. Or the same word is good life. Doing good works with humility that comes from wisdom. That's where we are, okay? Now, I want you to think of the wisest person you've known. Maybe they're not even alive. The wisest person that you've ever known, or maybe you know them now, maybe it's a person you read about. What qualities do they exhibit? If you could say, the reason why I think they're so wise is because. But think about the qualities they exhibit. It says up there, Doing good works with humility that comes from wisdom. You can't be wise truly with Jesus without what? Humility. Humility is what makes you wise. 
It, you can be all head knowledge, but if you're not humble with it, it's not true, it's not true wisdom. So that's where we're kind of coming in, okay? You're going to be okay, I promise. I promise you, you're going to be okay. So what is the abundant good life? Let's talk about four points, okay? In James. We could go through the Bible and get other points, but in James, this is where I am. Number one says, one that saves us from... One that saves us from... One that saves us from... One that saves me from Bill? Mm-mm. One that saves me from that person that, won't, that just gets on my nerves? No. One that saves me from that bad boss? One that saves me from my kid that's just driving me insane? Saves you from yourself. You are your worst enemy. Not Jesus, not the spirit in you, this carnal soul. It says in James 3, 14 through 17 NLT, it says, But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, mm, don't cover it up with the truth, with boasting and lying. For jealousy, he names two things, jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. You cannot be humble with wisdom and be jealous and selfish. It doesn't go together. There you will find disorder ooh, and evil of every kind. Amen. Just from being jealous? Has anybody been jealous? Come on, be honest. Anybody been jealous? Do you see what it says? And, and we'll find disorder and evil of every kind. But the wisdom that comes from above is first of all pure. It also is peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. So I'm going to ask you, because I'd ask myself the same thing. Do I have jealousy and bitterness in me? And self said no. And then something happened, and I was like, oh, I do have that. So he started, just, he started just pulling it up, you know. I promise you it's not going to be a long lesson. <laughs> Although Bill did cover up my clock, so I can't see my clock, so I don't know what time. It says it's 1 o'clock, but I think that's wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's back an hour. All right, the second thing, and the first thing was you've got to be saved from yourself. If you're saved from yourself and God says, pinpoints you, what do you do when he pinpoints you to be saved from yourself? You got to acknowledge it, don't you? Don't you have to see it and acknowledge it and then talk about it? Okay. Next, the second one is a track record of yielding. And this is where the Lord stopped me. He said, this is where you're going to focus. A track record. A track record means what to you? What does a track record mean, Bill? Put him on the spot. Wow, that was deep. My historical testimony. That is right. Your historical testimony. History. I can look at you and say, you know, I've been watching them for a year, and they've got a track record. Okay? They've got a track record. If you're dating someone, you want them to have a track record. 
they don't have a track record, you might want to wait before you marry them. But you want them to have some kind of track record. It says, of yielding. It says in James 3.17 in LT, but the wisdom from above is, first of all, pure. Remember that? It's pure. It's humble. It also, it is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, mm, and willing to yield to me. <laughs> willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and full of fruit and good deeds. It shows no favoritism. It's always sincere. So let's talk about this. Willing to yield to others. <laughs> yield. I'm going to move ahead and I'm going to come back. Look at this. Matthew 27, 50, King James Version says, Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice at the cross, he yielded up the ghost. It's really powerful. Now, if he yielded up his spirit, don't you think that's something we need to do? I can hand... Here, Bill. You can have that. That's not yielding. Okay. Or I can say, hey, would you like that? Sure, you can have that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 you can have that. No. Yielding is, please, could you take this? Please, I don't want this anymore. Please, I can't take this anymore. You take it. That's yielding. I don't know if I can get back up on my foot. <laughs> ah, thank you. We're not going to have that on the video, probably. <laughs> I'm hoping we don't. So he didn't just say, okay, God, you can have it now. He said, Jesus, he said, my father, I yield up my spirit to you. I give it to you. And then in NIV, it says, when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. There's a big difference from handing something over, letting someone have it, then giving it up. That means you make the choice. You say, I don't like this. I'm giving it up. This is the kicker, though. Matthew 6, 14. If you forgive others, no, if you forgive those who sin against you, your Heavenly Father will forgive you. Forgiveness is the same word as yield. That's where we are, okay? And that's what he spoke to me and said, this is where the church needs to hear it. You cannot forgive sometimes. I forgive you. It's okay. It's, I forgive you. Uh-huh. No. Uh-uh. That don't get it. No, forgiveness is, I know, I was hit with it. I told my husband, I'm gonna, if I see this person, I'm going to hit him. He, he just looked at me. So I, you just wait. Hit him. I am tired of it. I, have, I mean, I ranted. Then the next day, I think I saw the scripture. I was like, oh. And it hit me like a bolt of lightning. And I was like, I can't just get, for, I've asked forgiveness for things. That's different. And she said, please forgive me, please forgive me for doing that. I don't want to do that again. Please don't, I, I just don't want to do that. No, when you sit there and go, God, I can't be this person. I don't want to be this person. This is not who I want to be. But it's in my 
in me, you take it. I sit him down and say, you take it. That's how you get yielding up. That's how you say, I personally, I choose. I will not accept this. I will accept you taking it. I choose to give it to you. And he says, I'll take it. I'll do something with it. It doesn't say we don't ever have to talk about it again. It says, I'm not going to carry it. I am not going to negate the cross and carry this unforgiveness. He went to Calvary. He died for my sins. He gave up his life. So if you're going to carry this, that means you're telling Jesus, you didn't do enough. You didn't do enough. So I got to carry this a little bit more and beat myself over it. You're beating yourself. You're telling him he didn't do enough. He did do enough. He only asked you to bring it up, give it to him, and ask him to forgive you and cover yourself with the blood. So let's go back. So you got to yield up, not just unforgiveness. What about the pain and the sorrow of your past? What about the abuse? That doesn't mean that you are to live in abuse. It means you yield up the pain of your past. Okay? If you're in an abusive situation, you're not to stay in that. Because it says, I can't remember that scripture. I could go back to it, but I can't find it. Earthly things, wisdom is from above. Wisdom's not from below. So in other words, if you're being abused, that's not wisdom. You need to stand up for yourself. I just have to insert that. We're talking about you've experienced pain. You've experienced the scars. You've got the wounds. You've got the hurt. Some of you are still bleeding. You have never let it heal. And the only way to make it heal is to forgive. We don't forget because we're humans, but he forgets. I've got scars all over my body, but they don't hurt anymore. I don't look at them and go, oh. No, I just, yeah, I remember that. Thank God. We moved on. You look at those scars and say, Thank, look what you did for me. Look what you did for me, you know? So you've got to yield up your hurt. And that doesn't mean, I just don't want to hurt anymore. Take my hurt away. You know how to get serious. Do you have a serious room? You know, a place where you can go and just get serious? Your job? Some of you are in terrible jobs. Some of you are terrible bosses. Problems? Your insecurities that you're trying to push off on other people? That's your insecurities? Your ministry? Bill and I, every, I guess every six months, we're yielding up our, always yielding it up, but we're purposely asking ourselves, is this what we're supposed to be doing? God, are you still in this? Are you still right here? Okay, so Priscilla Shire, the abundant living mandates different living. Different even from other believers who may, have, who may be complacent with their freedom, lulled to sleep in their wilderness wanderings. To experience God, everything God intends, a difference is required. 
You know, when the children of Israel were about to go to Canaan's land, they sent out the spies, right? And the spies, oh, we can't do this. And then Caleb comes over and says, we got this. This is no big deal. We've got Jesus on our side. We've got God on our side. This is no big deal. Well, because they wouldn't believe what happened to them. Wandered for... Is that really what you want? Do you really want to wander for 40 years in a wilderness because you don't want to stop and take check inside? I don't want to be that way. I want to live the abundant life. You can have life, he said, but I've come to give. That's right. So that's my point, pretty much. The abundant good life. It's one that's full of mercy. This is point number three. When you're full, oh, my favorite food is Mexican food. As Beth Moore said one time, a good week is Mexican food three times. <laughs> and I was like, yes, that's me. My husband said, you can eat Mexican food every night. I said, yes, I can. And I can eat it hotter than I used to. I love Mexican food. Oh. But sometimes I go and I'm really, really starving and I have a problem. Don't tell anybody about it, but this is my problem. I eat so fast that it doesn't get to my stomach. Okay? So I just keep shoveling in. Oh, this is so good. This is so good. Oh, the cilantro. Oh, it's so good. I just keep... And I'm, it hadn't got to my stomach and I'm just shoveling it in. What happens after that? And I get... Oh, Bill. Oh, I could, you get home, you're miserable. It, you feel like, just shut your mouth because you're so. That's full of mercy. You can't, it's so full. You can't not be merciful. You can't. It's oozing out of your pores. When a glass is full, you put a little bit more into it. What's it going to do? Overflow. If you're half full of mercy, that's not good enough. You need to be full to where you're always just oozing with mercy. Mercy you must feel, though. I think that's interesting. You cannot have mercy if you don't feel. It's kind of like going back to that initial scripture. Yeah, you have no clothes. You don't have a coat. You don't have any shoes. You're like, well, good. You know what? You just have the greatest day you've ever had. God bless you. And you leave them? I mean, at least you try. I, I mean, I can't fix everybody's problems. I could at least give them a banana. You know, and try to find a blanket. But I'm saying you must feel. See, the reason why we don't want to feel is because then we know we're going to act. Then we know where it's going to bother us. And God's going to start moving on us. And then, oh, where is it going to end? I can't fix everybody, so I'm just not going to feel. No, you can't fix anybody. But all you have to do is get up every day and say, Lord, where do you want me? Yeah. Every day. That's all you have to say. You get up. I'm going to work today. Lord, just put them in my path today. I don't care who it is. Put, it may be at the grocery store. It may be... In the car, I've stopped doing this. Remember last time I told you I'm, I try to stop going. And then they don't yield, and I go, 
just go. I'm trying. But if you don't feel, you become calloused. Can you drive by um, somewhere and not look, knowing there's a lot of, it's hard to look, isn't it, sometimes, what's going on around you? I was running an errand in downtown Louisville, and <clears throat> I'm at the stop sign, and I see this guy, and I knew I didn't, ha I didn't even have any change. I don't have food. I, I, I didn't look at him, okay? I was in a hurry. You want the truth? I was in a hurry. I thought, I'm not looking. This guy proceeds to get in front of my car and do this. <laughs> and I was like, okay, God. Roll down the window. I said, what do you need? I just knew he was going to say, I need some money. He said, I'm hungry. I said, really? Are you really hungry? He goes, yes, I am. I said, okay, I'm going to go to my errand, and I'm going to come back here at the same place. Will you be here, and I'll give you some food? He goes, yes, I will. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, 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 because I'm a little callous in some areas, okay? So I went to my errand, went to McDonald's. I thought, I'm going to get that food, drove back there, and there he was. He's on the other side. So I waved to him, and he came running. He grabbed, said, thank you. And he ran over here, and he gobbled up the food. That's, and I thought, why didn't I just look and ask the first time? I try to let the Lord lead me, okay? Because I can't help everybody. I know that. But there is one person you can help every day, usually. So it's, and then, let's go on. Full be completely occupied, complete to overflowing. The last point, one that is full of good fruit. If you don't have any fruit and there's nothing for people to eat, your faith is not growing. And, you know, sometimes you've got the fruit, but you're going so fast, Joyce can't even get the fruit. Because I'm like, bye-bye, we'll see you. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yes, okay. Y'all have a good day. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. I need to talk to you. Yeah, we'll talk soon. Uh-huh. Call me. Call me. Or the notary one, the one we always do is, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. Don't tell anybody you're praying for them if you're not. <laughs> Just say, I'll think about you. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? We're so... We may have the good fruit, but you're going so fast in life that no one could ever possibly get your fruit. You do have to stop. My husband is yawning, so it's time for me to shut this down. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. I've tried to go in the grocery store now, really, and get my eyes open pull my head up, and start looking in people's eyes. That's where the Lord got me. And just smile. Beth Moore was telling about a story, and it was really neat. She said she went into, she was in the airport, she went into the bathroom. You know how women do, we rush in there. Hello, she said to this lady. And I'm going to tell you all the other details. <laughs> and this lady says, you're a nice person. Oh, and she's in the stall, and she says, She's looking at, is there anybody else in here? You don't want to say thank you if you're not the one. And then she goes, thank you. She comes out. She said, um, I didn't do anything. And the lady goes, you acknowledged me. 
And she said, oh. She said, everybody comes in here, doesn't even look at me, and just goes to the bathroom, wash your hands, leaves. So it could be just an acknowledgement sometimes. See, it doesn't, you don't have to be the person that gives all the food to them. You don't have to be the person that always changes their life, give them a home, or heal everybody. Sometimes it's just giving somebody a beautiful, kind look. I'm almost finished. So the abundant life or the good life that Jesus wants you to have, life more abundantly, one that saves us from one with a of yielding. Just think of Jesus when he yielded up. God didn't have to come down and say, okay, we're ready. He said, I give it to you. My life is I give it to you. And he said, one that's full of and one that is full of now that's in James. So I'm going to ask you. You know the question I'm going to ask you. I want you to just close your eyes. And I want you to think of your life right now. Is there any place in your life that God will be speaking to you? Is there a place that you need to yield up some unforgiveness? Is there a place in your life that maybe you don't really have full mercy? You're not merciful to certain people. Somebody in your family. Maybe someone at work. Maybe you just need to talk about yourself. You need to deal with yourself. And are you going so fast that no one can even get your fruit? Basically, we're saying, he's saying, live it. Live your faith. Don't hold your faith just for yourself. Are you hoarding all your faith inside of you and no one can get to it? If you'll just stand with me, we're going to dismiss. I just want you to just, right now as we pray, just let him touch your heart in that area. Just let him speak to you. Where is it that you need to yield up and allow the forgiveness to flow? Dear Jesus, I just thank you today. These are your words, not mine. Lord, I praise you for this beautiful congregation. This is a group of people who wants to know you better. This is a group of people that's seeking you. So I'm asking you to speak to every heart today. And if you need prayer over anything, if you need... My husband and I are available. If you would like to have prayer, you're welcome to come up. And we will pray with you. But as you go out from here, I pray that you will not forget these words. Yielding, full of mercy, full of good fruit. I pray that you would start yielding all the feelings inside of you. Lord, right now I ask that you would touch each person in here. And I pray that you would anoint them, give them ears to hear and eyes to see. And help them live out their salvation help them be a group of people that live out this grace and this mercy that people can see it see the life in them and want what they have I thank you for our church it's a beautiful church and I pray that you would be with them as they go their way and bring them back 
at the next appointed time. In your name we pray, amen.